welcome Nexus Church family online to our series in the book of Mark that's self-titled. In the series, we're exploring the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. If you have more questions or if you would like to get a hold of us, go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the information on there as well as emailing nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, but we'd love to connect with you and help you to connect to Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back to Nexus Church Family Online to another week in our series in the book of Mark. And if you're just joining us, we've spent the last long time, almost a year and a half, discovering the book of Mark in the life of Jesus, how he taught, how he uh, exampled for us how to live, and now have applied it to our life. And as we come to the end, we see Jesus in his time preparing his disciples for his imminent death and eventual resurrection from the dead. And today, we're going to be looking at the time when Jesus' closest friends bailed on him, how he responded, how he prepared for that moment. And I think we all can relate at some level to people abandoning us, bailing on us in our greatest time of need. If you've been around for any length of time, People let you down. It's part of human nature. We're not perfect. We're not Jesus himself. Only he will never let you down. And so how do we respond? How do we get back on our feet again? Maybe when it feels like we can't trust anybody. And so we'll be looking at this through the eyes of Jesus and how he really dealt with it himself. And so we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 14. And we will begin in verse 27. Now as just kind of a, a backdrop to, to kind of bring us back to where we were last week. Jesus had just ate with his followers one last time. And in this last supper, we call it, that Jesus had with his disciples, he told them that this was it. I will not eat with you again. In fact, one of you sitting with me will betray me. And of course, nobody understood in that moment really exactly what that really entailed and who that was, even though it was kind of evident when Judas got up that something was going on. They didn't really know for certain if it was really Judas for sure. Like, is there something else going on here? And so Jesus lets Judas go and run off, and he spends his time with his disciples. Now, if you're wanting to hear more about what Jesus taught in those moments, you can read for it in the book of John. He covers a lot more personal things that Jesus stated in his closing moments. He washed his disciples' feet. He told them how to love one another. He gave them understanding of who the Holy Spirit was and it will be as he approached. But Mark doesn't go into that. He just gets to the details of what happened. And so as we uh, said before, we keep trudging through what Mark wrote. And now Jesus closed down his time with his disciples 
And as he left to go to the Mount of Gethsemane, he sang one last piece with his disciples in verse 26. And then he went to prepare them for what was about to come. And so we read in verse 27, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will fall away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. It's pointing back to the book of Zechariah. He is using the Old Testament to help them to understand this is what's happening, right? The Old Testament pointed to this. Here's what's happening. I'm going to strike the shepherd. I'm going to strike my son, Jesus. And you will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Right? So Jesus, once again, he said, you guys, things are happening. You don't fully well know that the betrayer went out, and now you are going to walk away. You will fall away. You will scatter because of what's about to come. You'll be afraid. You'll run. So Jesus was preparing them. They're not going to, like, reject Christ like Judas did, but they will run. Listen to Peter. Of course, Peter has to pipe up. And he said, even if everyone falls away, I will not. Bold Peter, right? And Jesus said, truly, I tell you, today, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. He kept insisting, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. They all said the same thing. They all started saying, no, Jesus, we would never do that. Are you kidding me? Never. I find this interesting. right? Jesus lays it out. This is what's going to happen. And his own followers still won't admit that he knows everything and accept the fact that they're human, that they don't have it all together. They have <laughs> showed their hands pretty well over the course of the three years that they were with Jesus that, that they are human. They're not finite. Or they are finite, it's a better way, I should say. He's infinite, they're finite. They are not all-powerful, all-knowing, all-capable. Only God is. I like how Luke brought it out in verses 31 and 32 of chapter 22. He, he brought out something a little bit more personal in Jesus' reply to Peter. Listen to this. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail, so that when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Like Jesus is saying to him, Simon, Simon, wake up. Right? It's as if Jesus is, it, um, this is Peter's original name. When Jesus called Simon, he, he changed his name. And it's as if Jesus is saying, Simon, you're going back to your old way of thinking. You think you can do it all. You think you are just this magnificent man. Like, like Jesus was calling out his arrogance. Don't rely on yourself. You can't 
do this on your own, Peter. You are no match for the enemy of your soul. He is powerful. Peter would later write in his own epistle, his own letter, that Satan is prowling around looking for those to devour. He is strong. Don't fight it in your own power. Accept the fact that you are weak. And what you are about to face will go beyond what you're capable of. Peter, stop relying on yourself. Just in him. Just in him. Right? Peter kept insisting, we will not. We will not abandon you. We are here for you. You are our, our man. You are a leader. We will follow you to death. Jesus is like, It was prophesied back in the Old Testament that you would. Accept it. Accept it. Well, then with that, Jesus modeled to them how they are to do this battle. See, they were ready to bear arms, right? They had the swords in their hand. They had two swords. Peter had one of them. We know that from the book of John where we read that. He chopped off the ear of the soldier. They were ready to do battle. They were ready to do it in their own strength. And so Jesus prepares them on how to do battle. Not with a sword. Not with power. Oh man, power, power. And then they came to the place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I pray. Right? Brought all the disciples. He sat them down and said, wait here. Then he went a little bit further with his inner three, right? He went a little further. That is, he took Peter, James, and John. He began to be deeply distressed in trouble. Deeply distressed in trouble. Now, some translations say that he was swallowed up in grief. Think about that imagery, swallowed up in grief. Like it, it's, I don't know if you've ever struggled with depression, and, and I'm not saying that I'm an expert on this, but I've experienced some of these feelings myself. And when, when depression comes on you, it, like it, it just engulfs you, and you have no power over it, right? Jesus was in that moment of deeply distressed. The enemy of soul came upon him, and he was tired. He was weary. He couldn't fight on his own. He was under deep agony. In fact, we read in Luke's account in chapter 22, verse 44, that, that he was so grieved that he was sweating drops of blood. He was so distressed over what was about to come because he fully well knew the pain, the torture, the rejection, the, the ultimate being denied by the Father as he took the sins of the world upon himself. The Father could not be in his presence no more. But he was grieved in this moment because he knew what was ahead. And so then he turned and he went a little further as he asked them, all right, 
said, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. Like, stay alert. Be ready. Then he went a little farther, right? So he has his, his other posse just back across the way, right? Yet he left, he left the, the eight. He took the three, and then he went just a little bit further. They could all see him. He wasn't that far off. And he fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass away. And he said, Abba, that is, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. What you will. Marvelous. What is Jesus to us that we can go to the Father no matter what. Right? No matter what. Twice he asked the Father, will you take this away? All things are possible for you. You can do anything. You can find another route to save the world. You don't need to do it through me. You are the creator of all things. You can create a new way. Like, he didn't want this. Jesus didn't want to be sacrificed. He didn't want to go through the torture. He didn't want to go through the rejection. He didn't want to ultimately not be in the presence of his father anymore because of sin. He didn't want that relationship broken. Right? No matter what you're going through today, understand that you can go to the father. Jesus boldly went to the Father and said, take this away from me. I don't want it. It's beautiful. You see, Jesus modeled to us that we can go to the Father in our pain and frustration, even when we don't like it. Even though we don't like what God is allowing us to go through, He wants us to come to Him. Because you honestly approach the Father in the middle of your doubts, your struggles, your pains, your anger, your frustrations with Him, with others, with what He's allowed. God wants you to come to Him no matter what. And Jesus is beautiful in that. No matter what you're going through, even if you're going through a great time, Jesus wants you to come. He continued on. Then he came and found them, that is his inner three, sleeping. He said, Peter, he said to Peter, Simon, using his old name again, like, what are you doing? You are again relying on yourself. You're weak. What are you doing? Couldn't you stay awake one Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Like Simon, Simon, you're letting your flesh take over again. I ask you to stay awake and stay here. Be prepared. I'm praying. Enter into that moment of prayer with me. Do battle with me, Peter. I need you, Peter. So once again, he went to 
stone's throw away, right? Not far. And again, he came and found them sleeping because they couldn't keep their eyes open and not know what to say to him. And he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The time has come. See, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go see. My betrayer is near. Hmm. You know, after telling his disciples, like, I, I, it's really hard to, to put yourself into this situation because it's so, it, 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 you had to be there, right? Like he's in deep anguish. If you've been around somebody who's just in that moment where they're just in intense agony and they can't express it. And I mean, he had to have shown it, right? If, if, the, if the writer Luke portrays it as him sweating drops of blood, he visibly was in agony. And they knew what he had been talking about was about to happen. So they understood what the anguish was all about and why it was hard for him. You would think that, that, that there would be a support there for him. You would think that emotionally they'd be, t they'd be just taken up in his emotion, even if they were dead tired. Like their best friend, their, their leader, the one that was pure in every way, you would think that they would just be drawn to support him and do whatever, right, at any cost, even if it meant forcing themselves to run around to stay awake and pray for them. But yet, Jesus faced that ultimate letdown. He just reminds us that only Jesus will never fail. Even his closest friends, who would, you would imagine would be able to be there for Jesus in a time of trouble, failed him. Everyone in this world will face abandonment in a time of need. It's a reality that we will face until we meet Jesus face to face and we have nobody else to let us down ever again. No spouse, no child, no parent, no boss, no company, nobody to let us down. Everybody. It's not like we're intentional about it. It's just part of our nature. So here we are. <laughs> Jesus' close, close friends. One is about to betray him. All of them deny that they will run in this time of need. And then the three closest couldn't stay awake when Jesus needed their support in prayer. He faced it all. But then ultimately, the hammer drops. When the one whom you knew was about to betray you finally comes and does it. a great kiss. You will know the one, Jesus says, when I approach him and I kiss him. Because only his closest can do it. Jesus betrayed him with a sign of affection. 
of appreciation, of love, of respect, of awe in Jesus Christ. He could have called angels down and had him destroyed before he ever even got close to him. He could have done it himself. He was Almighty God himself. But Jesus allowed it. He faced that ultimate rejection. absolute betrayal. In verse 43, we can read it quickly. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived, and with him was a mob with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes and the elders. His betrayer had given them a signal. The one I kiss, he said, he's the one. Arrest him and take him away under guard. So when he came, immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. My beloved teacher, Judas, and we can't see him very well, but here, let me greet you, Judas, so you know it's me. They took hold of him and arrested him. One of those who stood by drew his sword, struck the high priest's servant, and cut it off. That was Peter. Jesus said to him, do you come out with swords and clubs as if it were, if I were a criminal to capture me? Every day I was among you, teaching in the temple, and you didn't arrest me. But scriptures must be fulfilled. Again, continually pointing back to the word of God, his source of truth. Nobody else could deny that. He always used scripture so that people couldn't come against him. And then they all deserted him. Moments, just hours before, we would never do that. We would die with you. And all scattered. It's now a certain young man. There was one. Wearing nothing but a linen cloth was following him. They caught hold of him. <laughs> Got caught. But he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. There was only one. As some scholars say that it was Mark himself. Jesus was delivered. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was abandoned by his own closest friends in his greatest time of need. He said they would. He said they'd die with him. But when push came to shove, if you've experienced that in your life. I know many have experienced that in the last few years as tensions has, has risen. We've had COVID kind of take over, racial injustices take over, and political upheaval. The list goes on and on from political to social to medical. There's so many different things that people are divided on, and now we are living in the tale of who do we trust? Who do we believe? Families have been divided. People are betrayed. Even close friends. It's part of human nature. 
People don't mean to do it, but it happens. The ramification of it is we stop trusting. We stop wanting to give ourselves to others because of fear of will they do it too? So we put guards up and we don't show ourselves. So even those who are closest to us, we are afraid. If I let that out, if I say that thing, if I do that thing, will I not be loved? We guard, we protect. And in the end, we're a skeleton of who we once were. Now Jesus modeled to us that he would welcome anybody back, even the, the worst betrayer of all, the one who would deliver him up for his death. He still allowed him to come into his presence and embrace him. I can only imagine in that moment where Judas walked up to him and he hugged him and he embraced him and he kissed him. I can just imagine Jesus looking into his eyes and saying, Judas, it's not too late. My love is here for you. I will forgive you. I will welcome you back into my fold, but don't continue down this path. You can stop it even in the middle of it. You can't stop what they're about to do to me because it was foretold. It's going to happen. But you can change still. I can forgive you if you will just admit that you are a sinner and that you need saving. You can't do this on your own. Power, wealth, it's not going to give you what you want, Judas. Jesus is the only one who will never, ever Today, as we wrap this up, I want to remind you that if you're experiencing loss, if you're experiencing where do I go with, with my relationships now, you may not be able to fix what's been done. And you might not be able to restore some relationships because it takes two to restore. You can forgive, you can move on, but you're not ultimately responsible for restoring a relationship on your own. It takes two people to do that. But you can do something that is extremely powerful, that will work even if you can't do it. And that is prayer. Jesus modeled to us what we do when everything around us blows up and is in chaos. We can't change the world that has been formed out of this explosion of economic and political and wars and medicine and sicknesses. Like we've experienced so much in the last two years and change that we'll never be able to fix on our own our power and our ability. But we can. We have prayer. We have a powerful tool that we don't understand the power of it, but God does. We don't see the power of it, but God uses it because we'll never see. Jesus modeled to us my encouragement to you is that you step up and do what you're supposed to do and let God do what he will. Not my will, but your will be done. 
trust you. I don't like this. I don't want this. But you do what you will do, God. I know this much about you. You're a good God that does good things and turns evil out for good. You promise that. You give us that promise. I don't see the good in this yet, but God, you will use it for good. I don't understand COVID. I don't know why you allowed it, God. It took lives, maybe even lives of people that you loved, family, friends. It doesn't make sense. That's not good in my eyes. But God, you're going to use it for good, and I trust you. I lost my job. I lost my friends over whatever disagreement. I lost church members. I lost, and the list goes on and on. I don't see the good in it, God. I don't want it. I don't like it. Take it, God. Deliver me from this, God. I don't want to be in this place anymore. I don't want the stress anymore. I don't want this disagreement anymore. I don't want the, the frustrations anymore, God. I'm done. But I trust you. Your will be done. I lift up my hands. I let go. I put my palms up and I say, God, you do what you have to do. I am yours. You are good. You have a part to do, and that's to let him do what he wants and keep seeking and asking and trusting. It's the only answer we have when we have no control over what's going on around us. When we have lost hope that there is anything good in this world or in your situation or with a family member or with, with a sickness that you're experiencing or with not knowing where to go next, when everything seems to have fallen, you have a job to do. Give it to God. Say, I don't know. I can't do it. I don't want to be like Peter and say, I'm going to go bust through that. I'm going to go bust through that. I just need Jesus. He is God. He will deliver me through this. He may not take it away, but he will walk with me every step of the way through and ultimately, he will make me victorious as I enter into the presence of the Father God. That is what you need to do. Keep trusting. Don't give up hope. You have Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit that he gave to you. Don't stop. He is good. And you need to let it sink in. Father, I pray for each person listening today or watching. God, that you would remind them today that wherever they're at, if they've lost hope today, will you enter back into their spirit and remind them that there is still hope. Jesus is still on the throne. He is still more powerful. And even if it looks like he isn't involved and is far removed and doesn't care, and maybe even has allowed things that we think are wrong in our life. Father, I pray you'd remind them that you're good, that you are with them, and you will give them power. Give them that hope again that there's so much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody, be open, be honest. God can 
things, whatever you throw at him, he wants you to be able to trust him. If you have any questions, if you need to talk to someone, you can send us an email at nexuschurchmn at gmail.com and we can connect with you. You can go to nexuschurchmn.com and you can find out more information there. You can find our phone number, ways to connect with us, our Facebook account. You can message us there as well. And we'll do whatever we can to walk with you through whatever you are going through because that's what church is supposed to be, a place where we can walk together in this crazy world that we live in and remember that God is with us and we have each other. Thank you so much for watching, for listening. We'll see you again real soon.